The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when His blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in His precious blood. It's hard to uh, have a bunch of old timers and to ever preach anything they haven't heard before. But a number of these old timers I've never heard that before. Well, that's my experience. I never heard it before. Even though I had read Isaiah 53 so many times, memorized the whole chapter many times, quoted it. Um, one thing I didn't mention this morning at the end, but I did think about um, as I was prepping it, was uh, it makes sense that if what was, if, if as Isaiah 53 mentions, uh, it makes sense that on the road to Emmaus, <clears throat> that's why they did not recognize Jesus and why he was not recognized at the tomb by Mary. And he was thought to be the gardener. Is that the resurrected Jesus is not ugly? The resurrected Jesus has now gone back to a form that is to praise to the God of heaven and to be worshipped by all that he is. And in uh, any commentator I read about that said they didn't believe the resurrected Christ looked anything like the earthly Christ because he served his time, even though he had the nail scars in his hand. Uh, he had a different countenance and form, and I don't doubt it a bit. makes sense of a few things. On the rose of Emmaus, of course, her eyes were hidden, but Mary's eyes was not, were not. As she looked at him and said, thinking he was the gardener, uh, thinking he was somebody else, and he was. Praise the Lord, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing him. I hope that you don't miss Jesus. I hope you don't miss God and the truth. There's so many people that we walk among Maybe one of the harder things that I do on an everyday basis is walk among people that I know are going to spend countless, innumerable, endless days and years and eternity in hell. That hurts my soul. It hurts my very fabric of my being to realize that I'm touching shoulders and shaking hands and paying, you know, paying at the counter people that are never going to know God. That somehow or another, they have missed Jesus. Oh, the Calvinist wants to explain it, that they were ordained by God to go to hell. But that's, that's just not true. That's not what the Bible reflects, and it makes God hideous. And there's a book written on that called, What Love Is This? I hope everybody gets it and reads it. What Love Is This? The man deals with, if that's true, it's, Calvinism is basically a fatalism. Now, we're talking about a five-point Calvinist. But even a four-point can be fatalism, and it's destructive to you personally as well as to groups of people. I know that groups of people that have adopted it, how they change, how their evangelistic thrust lessens, and how they all of a sudden kind of sit back and relax because these people are going to be taken care of by God, and I don't really have a personal responsibility. But let me tell you, there's no reason why Jesus, in his last words to us, was going to the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
uh, if it wasn't an important thing to do and something that the responsibility and the urgency of it falls upon, in some degree, it falls upon my shoulders as I walk among these people. How do they miss it? How do they miss it? How do they sit in church and miss it? How do they sit out there on the beach we preach on Easter and miss it? How do they read the gospel track and miss it? It's because in many cases, they have adopted false concepts that blind them to the truth. And it's called different names. It's called worldview. I like old Grady McMurtry. By the way, if you ever eat with Grady McMurtry, I would warn you right off the bat, know what you're going to say, know what, you, know what you're going to say is true or he will nail you. That man is one of the most knowledgeable men I've ever been around. Grady has evidently a photographic memory and evidently has remembered everything he's about ever read. And it just keeps getting better with age. He's, Grady's probably 67, 68 now. He called me the other day, and he's uh, you know, going to Russia. He says he gets received better in Russia than he does America. That tells you something of what's going on here. But he, he is going around telling people the world's created and it's young. I believe personally, and Grady will, uh, puts a lot more evidence than I could, but Grady, the world's somewhere between 6,000 to 10,000 years old. That's it. Now, to me, that's not young. I mean, I'm 63 little years compared to 6,000. Can you even in your mind conceptually figure out what 1,000 years is? Imagine Adam and, and Methuselah lived 969 years. I'd be the oldest man ever lived. Imagine living 960. I don't want to live 969 years. Not in this mess. Because, see, I have a responsibility to get the Word of God out to folks, whether they want to hear it, whether they don't want to hear it. I, want, I have responsibility as individual, and every one of you have the same responsibility, is to get out there and help them with their false concepts and to teach them that what you're believing is not right, your worldview's wrong. Why do you think the devil has spent so much time in public school systems? I went to public school system. I, I was, uh, see, I was born in 51. I probably went to school in 56. And I can tell you this, that our teachers in the first five years of my schooling read us the old King James Bible. We memorized the King James Bible. We, um, uh, we uh, quoted the Psalms every day and read the Psalms every day. This was a public school, Elkhorn, Indiana, Oslo Elementary. And we had godly old 60-some-odd-year-old teachers at that time. They were old, ready to retire. And they were telling us the truth as well as ABC 1, 2, 3 and all that other stuff. The devil had to somehow stop that. Because imagine how widespread that put the gospel. How many people got to hear about the Bible and Jesus on a public school system? Because that was fairly, fairly regular in the United States of America in 1956 to maybe 1960. But about 60, 61, something changed. And the new graduates, the old girls retired, the new ones coming in, about 24-year-old people, they didn't believe in the Bible's Word of God anymore because they'd already been infected because the devil had already attacked at the university level to, to make sure that the teachers that came out of those universities were agnostic, and those teachers then replaced these godly teachers. It's a plan, folks. It's a plan. And then he began to change the curriculum that these kids were taught. 
Let me say this. If your kid goes to a public school system, I don't care if it's a charter school where they dress up like we dress. That's all that's similar between a charter school and Gospel Baptist Christian school. The only different, the only similarity is a uniform. But brother, everything else on the charter school is as ungodly as any other public system school. They got this new, what they call, core curriculum now. We've looked at that, studied that. They're rewriting history. They, they're teaching these kids that Islam is a peaceful religion. When the Quran says otherwise. They're teaching these kids that homosexuality is an alternative lifestyle and the Bible says it's an abomination to God. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't in good conscience put my children under those kind of wicked people that have false, completely false concepts of what's real and put my kid in there for 35 hours a week so that they can be, oh, you can, I'll offset it by church. I'll offset it by home. No, you won't. How many kids got to fail before we figure that out? You will not alter what they're being taught at school because the credibility of school so surpasses you it's unbelievable. All them teachers at the school got their bachelor's degree, got their master's degree, some of them even their PhDs. What do you have? What are you going to tell your kid that you're smarter than all those folks over there? <clears throat> you're not. By the way, this is just introduction. I'd rather work three jobs and have my kid in a private school that taught the Word of God than to put my kid out there in the public system. I decided a long time ago I wasn't going to do it. I told my wife, we're going to grovel. We're going to, we're going to live in a hovel. We're going, to, we're going to drive old junk. But my kid is not ever going to spend one day under them heathen because God said not to do it. Not just because I didn't want to do it. And, he, and you know, it was a... In other words, I didn't adopt the concept that I can expose my kid to the heathen philosophy and it won't hurt him. That's a false concept. Let me show you tonight a few places about false concepts, pretty well-known. And we'll start in the Gospel of John. <clears throat> the Gospel of John. What is a worldview or a false concept? It's a mental image, especially a generalized idea formed by combining the elements of um, of a class into the notion of one object, a thought or opinion. After I got done with that definition, I wasn't even sure what it meant. So it's, I redefined that as some people think uh, that it is what you believe. It's what forms your actions, your philosophy. That's what a concept is. It's information. doesn't have to be good information because just be information that's collected by you from the internet, from the TV, from your parents, from your grandparents, from your friends. And what's crazy about us in human nature is teenagers will get their advice from other teenagers. <clears throat> so we're not too good, really, at picking the people we go and ask advice for. But I'll tell you how we pick our people. If I want to do something, I pick somebody and ask their advice that I think is going to agree with me. And that way, I got backup. Two dumb people. You know what I mean? 
saying, oh, yeah, that's good, that's good, that'll be great, yeah, go out and do that, that'll be fine. I know if I go to those adults, those older people have been around a while, they're going to say, oh, son, that's wrong, that's wrong, it's going to hurt you, it's wrong, don't do it. That's why people don't come to me. I tell you, I tell you, for years people do stuff, and, and, and they, it, it's obviously insane and destructive, and they never came to me one time and asked me what my opinion was, because a lot of times they'll say, well, I already knew what you were going to say, preacher. Well, if you already knew what I was going to say, and what I say, I really try to base on the Word of God, I'll take you to the Bible, and, and we'll go through it, and we'll look at it. Then I would want to go around somebody that knew the Bible, that took his whole life and studied the Bible. I'd want to go to them and ask them what their opinion was on that. And if it disagreed with mine, I should be humble enough to say, is it possible that I may be wrong? In other words, if I'm asking my opinion, it's possible, amen? The humility, there should be enough humility... Uh, I have all kinds of false concepts I hear verbalized. I've heard hundreds of them expressed through the years. And it's amazingly, it's amazing to me how little real research or deep thought goes into most issues of life. Big issues. How much little thought and little research. And uh, listen, we don't do anything over the gospel here. We, we don't want to reinvent the wheel here at Gospel Baptist Church. So when we go on a new computer program, uh, Amy this summer spent hours and hours and hours on the phone calling school after school after school after school, checking out, do you like this? What problems you got with it? Get with the IT guy and make sure it's all right. Because we, we, we needed to switch the teacher's program that they had been using. It was archaic. It wasn't working. They wouldn't service it. We, but we didn't have anything else to replace it. We're not going to go out there and say, uh, two, three people, what do you think about that? And go buy a program. No. We research everything. We go, when we wrote our handbook for our school, uh, Brother John and I called 15 different schools, and we had them send us their handbooks. And we spent hours going through those handbooks and trying to learn from the years and years and years of trouble that those people had learned from and, and, and situations those people had learned from so that our handbook was not, so we didn't have to have all of their problems. And so that we could learn from their experience. That's just wisdom. You may be sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong. You, you may feel like you genuinely understand something, but you can still be completely wrong. The real issue is what is truth. Because I know the devil is working so hard right now, to, and all the way back, by the way, into the 60s, he started relativism. If you don't know what relativism means, it just simply means there's no certain truth. Uh, it, 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 you're culturally sensitive. It's, truth is influenced by culture. Truth is influenced by the day you live. Truth is influenced by the society you're in, and all of that other stuff. And and But the, the the Bible says there's an absolute God who made an absolute world who has absolute truth, and someday you're going to be judged and stand in front of him and be judged by that ab those absolutes. Our job, then, is to find out what is or what are those truths. What are they? That's our whole life job. Your whole life's job is to find out what truth is. Of course, we know Jesus said, I am the truth. So that means to find out about Jesus. Who is he? Spend your whole life ferreting out truth. 
and then God will show you piece by piece. Nobody knows all the truth all at once. You, you learn the truth and learn the truth, and by the time you, you get close, as close as you've ever been to the truth, you die and get to go to heaven. And then God leaves those that are less understanding of the truth here. And then they get mature. It's been said, Methuselah, what, what happened to him? Methuselah. He did. Because I wasn't one to talk about Methuselah. I was one to talk about Enoch. Oh, you should have known that. Couldn't you read my mind? Enoch. Methuselah was good. He was the oldest guy in 969 years. Okay, I'm over that. Enoch. What happened to Enoch? He walked with God and what? What do you think happened? I think he got more understanding truth and more understanding truth and more understanding truth and more understanding truth. And he kept, he didn't fight it. He conformed to it. I'm wrong, God, you're right. I'm wrong, God, you're right. You know, people that will have the humble attitude that, God, you're right and I'm wrong. I'm the baby, you're the dad. I am the little one, you're the big one. I mean, and, and just go before God and say, okay, I believe, my grandpa believes this, my three grandpas before him believe this, but God, if you say it's wrong, I'm wiping all of what they believe out and I'm going to believe what you believe. I'm not going to let my family tradition send me to hell. I'm just reading the DeLucas, their letter, how they're in Greece and how that they're finding they're coming up against a wall. A Greek Orthodox is a major religion of, of the country of Greece. And if you switch off of a Greek Orthodox and go somewhere else, you're, you're not patriotic. That's, by the way, the danger of mixing religion and politics. If you switch off of the Catholic Church in Malta, I bet you're going to find that those people are going to feel like it's not just changing religions. It's changing. It's denying everything my mom and dad believed, my grandpa and grandpa believed, my grandpa and grandpa and grandpa believed. And I couldn't deny all of that. Well, just because everybody else goes to hell, I don't want to go. I want to know the truth. Because I'm full, and each of us are full of these false concepts based on misinformation and our 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 task for our life is to let the find the truth seek the truth they that seek me diligently shall find me so if you want the truth god's not trying to hide the truth from you he's just looking for people who will respond to it when he lets them see it will you respond to the truth will you I've seen many of you respond to the truth. Many of you respond. As God lets you see it. Well, let's start with the first one here. John chapter 7. Take your Bibles, if you would. John chapter 7, verse 25, 27. False concepts about Jesus. Man, when Jesus walked among the folks there in Israel, Pharisees and the Sadducees, you talk about being misunderstood. Wow. He was misunderstood over and over and over again. I think of what I preached this morning is partially some of the reason why. He had, no, he had no visual credibility. He didn't visually look like he was credible. He had no education. As far as we know, no formal education. And so he didn't have academic credibility. He didn't have class 
credibility, meaning he was just a carpenter's son. He was just a low, a lowly carpenter, which, by the way, I praise God for carpenters. I don't believe that, but that's what the Bible says. He was just a carpenter. He didn't have, I don't think as from this morning, he didn't have any looks that gave him credibility. In fact, would do the other way, would take credibility away from him. So you could see when he would get up there and, and, and contradict long-held false concepts that these people had about God, and he would try to tell them the real God, what he really was like, they would immediately start coming up with reasons why not to believe him. In fact, to the place, from the 11th chapter of John on, they sought to kill him. They sought opportunity to kill him. That man's bothering us. We are going to kill him. That's how much people hate their long-held misconceptions challenged. It's not a little hate. It's a lie. Where they even want to resort to violence. Here in verse 25 and 27 it says, Then said some of them of Jerusalem, is not, is, this, is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, by the way, chapter 7 of John, that's where he was challenged. Jesus is challenged. He comes head to head with them. But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing to him. But do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? And listen to where they, where they reason through in verse 27. How be it, we know this man, whence he is. When Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. They discounted. All the good truth that Jesus was preaching to them about God, the Father, and about their, their place and their position. All of that good truth, and we only have a fraction in the Bible of what he preached, just a fraction. There was so much more he preached when he and all of that good stuff from the best you say, if we had a better preacher, people would listen, would they? Is it a better teacher that makes a difference? I don't know. Jesus himself preached to them, and they didn't seem to want to accept it. The best there is. Paul preached to them. The best there, the best there had probably ever been in, in teachers. They said, we know this man, and, and we know where he's from. We know where he's from. What they meant is they, they knew where he was from. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, it says, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is, is not this his mother, his mother called Mary? His brethren, that's his brothers, James, Jose, Joseph, uh, Simon, Judas, his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Uh, and he did not many uh, works there because of their unbelief. They said, we know him. The fact that they knew who evidently maybe Joseph was before I think Joseph had died on the way. He never was mentioned after a while. So they didn't, they said, we know his mom. We know it. Did Jesus have brothers, physical brother, half brothers? Yes. Did Jesus have physical half sisters? Yes. I showed that to a Roman Catholic woman, which I was laying some floor covering for years and years ago. And I just took to her Bible, her Douay version of the Bible, and I said, let's look at this. And, and she said, uh, uh, Mary was a virgin, always was a virgin, and never had any contact with a man. Her whole, I said, whoa, that's not the Bible. But you understand, that's, what, that's a misconcept uh, that she had understood and, and accepted as a truth. 
So I took the Bible, and I said, you believe this is your Bible? You believe it? I believe it. Oh, that's the Word of God. We believe that's true. Okay, I said, oh, read this. Oh, she's, oh, that can't be. She was so horrified, it was almost physically made her sick. Almost made her sick. Mary, Mary, she couldn't have. Oh, no. I said, she had to have. You And I said, not just once. A bunch of times. Oh, Mary, she was polluted. Oh, I didn't know it polluted you. These folks in John chapter 7, verse 25, are going to spend an eternity separated from God in a place called hell because they assumed something. You know the little poem about assuming things? I wouldn't say it here in church. But I got a feeling you know what it means. And I'm going to tell you what. I've learned it's, it's not a good thing to assume if you don't have good reason to evidence to assume something. They assumed we know him. We know his mom and dad. He could not be the Messiah because where? Well, when the Christ comes, no man will know whence he is. They didn't know the Bible either. Micah chapter 5 verse 2, But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Are you with me? So he says, my Messiah is going to come. And by the way, the Jews at that time absolutely believed in Micah 5, 2 as being prophetic of the Messiah to come. That's why they said nothing good can come out of Nazareth. Because he's out of Nazareth, he cannot be the Messiah. Oh, I've just jumped ahead of myself. That was another misconception, a false concept, that the, even the educated Pharisees and Sadducees said he cannot be the Messiah because he's from this place called Nazareth. But what they didn't understand in Isaiah chapter 11, brother, it says he'll be, he'll be of the rod or netzer or Nazarene. It very likely could be all the way back in Isaiah 11 referring to the fact that the Messiah would be the rod of Jesse or the netzer or the Nazarene. And what was he called? He was a Nazarene. Because every word of God to every dot of the I and cross of the T is going to be fulfilled. Glory to God. God fulfilled it in his son. They said, we don't know. We, we, we don't know where this guy is. Why? Nobody's going to know where the Christ is. And now, where did they get that? Probably from the Talmud. Not the Torah. Do not mix the Torah with the Talmud. The Talmud and the Mishnah were massive commentaries on the Torah. They were rabbinical commentaries, and they had so twisted and added to the truth that they cared really more about teaching out of the Talmud than they did the Torah. Does that not sound like the Catholic Church to you? If, you'll be a, if you that are Catholic, my wife was raised Catholic, knows that they, their tradition and the, the things that have been passed down from the popes is right equal with the Bible. I've dealt with many a Catholic through the years, and praise God, numbers of them have accepted Christ. But let me say this, the ones who didn't would come to me and say, 
the traditions of the Catholic Church are just as inspired as the Bible because the Pope is the vicar or earthly representative of Christ. And when he speaks, it is Christ speaking. And I said, as long as you believe that, you cannot be saved. They can't. The misconception, the, mis, the false concept will send them to hell. How important is it that you get your ideas from where the truth's at? Stay away from the Talmud and the commentaries of man. Stay away from the Catholic traditions and all of that that's been passed down and stick with the Bible. That's what gives us independent Baptists our distinction is that we take what we believe, not from passed down, oh, we'll read a commentary, we'll look at it, but we take what we believe from this book. And that's why we've remained relatively consistent in almost every area for all of these years. It makes sense. Because someday we believe we're going to face God. In John chapter 7, verse 40, 41, right down the chapter, look down there. It says, Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. And some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? They kept tripping on that. So Christ, you know, and I said it this morning, I'll say it again tonight. Why didn't they just go up to him and say, Jesus, where were you born? In other words, there's going to be a lot of people in hell because they didn't want to do the research. They didn't want to do the research. They didn't want to do the research to find out what the truth is. That, the many Catholics I've challenged, I'll say, you look at your tradition, and if you go back in history and look at popes, some popes, denied the other pope and said the pope that pope's not of God, and the other pope said, no, that guy's not of God. If you go back and you just look at the history of, of pope, popetry, you will find it's a farce, the whole thing. And, and when Luther, Martin Luther, uh, which was a monk, which was a Catholic, when he began to read the Bible, and he could read both Hebrew and Greek, and he began to read the Bible, and he realized that the Catholic Church was in massive error compared to the Bible. They were selling forgiveness and doing so many other violations that he did what they call the 99 Thesis, or, and, and he nailed them to a door in a town called Worms and challenged the very one guy, uh, one guy challenged the entire massive structure of the Catholic Church. And brother, back then, that was politics and religion married together. It is amazing that God preserved the life of Martin Luther, that they just didn't send a hit squad over there and say, kill that loudmouth monk. <clears throat> and out of that, praise God with God behind him, the Holy Spirit and approving of what he was doing, God released from the myths and false concepts of the Catholic Church and selling penance and all that other junk that they, they taught that was, it was absolutely against the free grace taught in the Bible. Millions were saved. And the so-called Protestant movement came out of that. 
though I believe the Anabaptists were already there and had been there parallel with it. There's all kinds of things we need to check out. You do not take what you believe lightly. Go to the book. Get a grip on it. Know what's so. Do the research. Don't take my word for it. Don't take five. Go to the book. Look it over. Ask God to help you. Man, I've prayed, Lord Jesus, I only got one shot through this life. I only got one shot through here. Don't let me get deceived by the Mormons, by the Jehovah Witnesses, or by any group that is out there and has twisted the truth in any way, the Catholic Church, whatever it is. Do not let me get, please, please, allow me to see the truth, the way, and the life. Because I don't want to wake up 35 years down the road and go, Man, I've been wrong this whole time. I believe what the Bible says, if you'll seek God diligently, you'll find Him. If you want the truth, He'll show you the truth. And He'll keep you from those false concepts. And He'll keep you from those errors that are out there. And He'll keep you from all of that misinformation. I can't tell you how many people through the years at Gospel Baptist Church started surfing the Internet. And and there were members here. They were attendees here. They were faithful to God. They were growing in Christ. And the devil had them surfing that old Internet. And pretty soon they found somebody up there talking that was smart, that was slick, that was intelligent, that was completely wrong on maybe a topic of prophecy or whatever. And they'll come to me and say, Preacher, this guy, man, now he seems like he really knows a whole lot more than you do about preaching uh, about uh, preaching on prophecy. And I, I'm getting convinced. I said, who is he? <clears throat> It'd be some false teacher. I said, what he's going to do is take you out of church. That's what he's going to do. And he's going to take your money, and you're going to tell you to send all your money to him. And you're no longer going to be going out soul winning. You're no longer going to be helping missionaries get on the field. You're no longer going to be helping see people saved. You're going to get deceived by that guy. And eventually all of your efforts and time are going to... And that's exactly what happened time and time again. All I can say is, don't do it. Don't do it. I said, I, people that watch these... these uh, whether it be TV or whether it be Internet people. I say, when you're sick, will they come by your house? When, when you've got a flat tire, will you call them to help you? Miss Miley did. She had a flat tire. Of all the people at Gospel Baptist, who gets a call? Pastor Bill, could you come help me do my tire? I'm thinking, I got deacons. Dikanos means to fix a flat. That's right. I said, sure, Miss Miley, where are you at? She went down the road for me. I, I, I educated her on what a can of fix a flat looks like. Put it in her tire. It raised it up. We went down another place and got a bigger can of fix a flat. I, pretty soon you just fill the whole tire with that green stuff. Let me tell you, that internet preacher, that TV guy, he's not going to bury your dead. 
He's not going to visit you in the hospital. You don't know that he's not on the weekends driving his Mercedes, uh, his his a million dollar Mercedes around, or he's got him uh, some other, uh, 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 let me say, a Lear jet that he's flying around the country on, spending that money like it's like it's free, because it is free. You don't know he's got women on the side and doing all other kind of stuff. But let me tell you, your local preacher and your local guy, he's got a bunch of eyes on him. We're accountable. I can tell you this. I don't send a dime to any of those people. I'm not going to watch them. I don't give them the time of day. Oh, I got to watch them because people come to me and say, go watch so-and-so because I'm watching them. Now I have to. It forces me then to buy. But let me say, don't you be deceived. But beware of the misinformation. Internet, all kinds of misinformation on the Internet. I'm not against the Internet. It can be good. But you better be careful. They got these megalon sharks. 50-foot sharks are eating people. They're not eating people. It's trick photography. Look in verse 50 of John. Nicodemus saith unto them, He that came to Jesus by night being one of them. By the way, the officers that come tried to arrest him. They said, No man ever spake like this man. And he tells these as they're trying to condemn Jesus for what he's doing there. Does not our law judge any man before he hear him and know what he doeth? And he answered and said unto him, Are thou also from Galilee? Search and look for him. Galilee, rise no prophet. The chief priests and Pharisees had this fatal concept out of Galilee, rise no prophet. It was their glitch. Where are you getting your information? Men's opinion, commentaries, internet. Where are you getting it? I tell you one thing, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, not concepts, not paragraphs, my words shall not pass away. He didn't say our words wouldn't pass away. He didn't say educated people's words wouldn't pass away. He didn't say PhD's words wouldn't pass away. He didn't say MD's words wouldn't pass away. But he said his words will not pass away. So where am I going to spend my energy? I'm going to spend my energy right here. Why do you think we got that Bible board right in the center of the foyer of Gospel Baptist? Because when people walk in, I want them to know that's a center of our attention. It's the Word of God. Because we want to have our the truth of the Bible, the truth of life. We want to know it, and we want it to be centered on what's real. I don't want a false concept to ruin my world. I don't want a false concept to mislead me. You see it happen all the time. Where will you be when this whole thing ends up? Will you have believed a bunch of false concepts? Will you have believed a bunch of misinformation that guided you in the wrong way? The devil will come by and say, You're, you, you married early. You didn't know what you were doing. You were 18, 19. You were stupid. You didn't know nothing. And you married this guy at about 30, 35 years old. He'll come by and say, Now, this other guy you met at work, now he's the guy you really, he's your soul. Of course, he's married, got three kids. He's leaving. He's going to divorce his wife. You're going to divorce your husband. And you're going to marry him. And if he would be willing to betray his wife and three kids, and you're willing to betray your, your husband and three kids, you deserve each other.
I've, I've counseled people in, in the midst of doing that, and I said, we're, we're, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? This guy's going to be better. He's betraying his vows. He's betraying his wife and three children. He's, gonna, he's not going to be true to you. He's going to gut you like a fish. The Bible says it's wrong. I don't feel. The Bible says it's wrong, but I don't think. The Bible says it's wrong, but it's not. But preacher, the Bible says it's wrong. Do what the Bible says. You won't be in great shape at the end of this thing if you decide in your life you're going to do what the book says. Not what the neighbors say. Not what you, people can be, well, I've, I've asked four, five, six of my friends and they all agree with me. I love it on Facebook. Can I, can I just vent here for just a second? Facebook. I'll see on Facebook somebody make a comment that they want to do something, right? And all of their friends will come up and say, like, 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 like. Oh, it's great. Do it, do it, do it. I get on there and make, no, don't do it. It's because I don't, I don't have any particular example. There's so many overlap. But I can just tell you a lot of the things, all they're doing, Facebook's horrible because it's like, and I'm not accusing any of you in this room of this, of course. But it's the dumb reinforcing the dumber. It's like dumb and dumber. What a name. It's got a click to it. It's real life. Dumb and dumber. Man, it wouldn't make me feel good if I got on the internet and 25 of my peers said it was okay. I want to know what God says. I don't need Beware false concepts. There was a guy with us years ago. He was, he was old when he came. He was 80s. Oh, I wish I could remember his name. He drove a Volkswagen Bug. And he was old. And he drove the Bug. And one time I got in the Bug with him. We were going door to door. And I'll never forget his neck was stiff from age. And he never looked left. He pulled out on 41. And he never looked. I was right behind him in the seat of this little bug. And this is the old bug. And I, and I wish I could recall his name right now, but I, I, I began to say, are you going to look? And he just pulled out. And the guy screeched his brakes. And this is on my side. Yeah, I heard it. I said, man, you just pull out from, oh, he'll stop. That was the gospel. I go, oh, 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 I'm never riding with you again. You're never going to see me get in this car with you again. But God had used that man mightily, mightily had used him in this area of false concepts. He had such a grip on people that misinformation, causing them to make bad decisions, eventually missing Jesus. That's what happened to these folks here. That's what happened to those folks out in the... Uh, in, in the time of Christ, they had all these false conclusions, but none of I, I, I hope a few of them evidently 120 in every room had evidently figured out no matter what this guy looks like, no matter how his looks don't agree with what we believe he ought to look like, and no matter he disagrees with all our authorities, 
Pharisees, Sadducees, Sanhedrin, no matter that they say he's not the Christ and that they say, no matter all of this, we believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, 120 of them at least. And they were saved. I want to be one of those 120. Do you? I believe you're going to be one of those 120 if you want to be one of those 120. You want to be the ones who filtered, somehow made it through that massive cloud of misconceptions and all kinds of ideas that were wrong and made it to the place of saying, Jesus, we believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, in spite of all the things that we have been taught in our past and whatever, and that's the group you want to be a part of. Father, help us. Help us not to be detoured. Help us not to be moved away from the truth of the Bible. Father, help us not to be deceived. Oh, Father, we live in an they call it the age of information. We've got more information at our fingertips today than possibly any time in the world's history. And yet, there's more confusion, more cults, more misconceptions on our right hand and on our left. Father, help us to get back to the Word of God. Help us to carefully seek your face and research out what indeed is the truth. Father, you said if people will seek you, you will let them find you. Help us that we may find you. Forgive us where we've had human reasoning and human logic contradict the truth. Peer opinions contradict the truth. God help us to seek you first and foremost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All the praise belongs to Him who died on Calvary. Jesus gave His life a ransom. Yeah.